0: I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 1. In a moment we're going to look at two verses. The title of the message, the title of the series is Identity Crisis. The title of the message today is Dust and Bone. And I've already asked you to <clears throat> be in prayer for this message and for this series. In the month of June, <clears throat> the nation was put on high alert by the escape of two murderers in upstate New York. Of course, we know this week <clears throat> that now five uh, military personnel were uh, killed by a, an act of terror <clears throat> in Chattanooga, Tennessee. But that was in the month of July. In the month of, of <clears throat> June, we were on high alert. A deeply prejudiced and no doubt <clears throat> drug-induced and pardon me but a fool, attended a prayer meeting at a church, <clears throat> the House of God, in Charleston, South Carolina, saying to the Christians who had gathered for prayer, <clears throat> you've raped our women, you're taking over the country, I have to do what I have to do. They were a black congregation, African-American congregation, who we have since learned had in their hearts, in the very depths of their heart, forgiveness and not hate. Also in June, (coughs) Bruce Jenner (coughs) revealed that he considered himself to be a woman and had taken steps to gain (coughs) the appearance of being a woman. In this same month, month of June, the Supreme Court decided on the legality, not the morality, but the legality of same-sex marriage in all 50 states. Celebrating their new uh, status, gay pride parades were held all over the United States. When Father Jonathan Morris, a Catholic priest (coughs) from the Bronx, New York, passed by, just passed by the Gay Pride Parade in in New York City, two of the parade participants spat on him just because he was wearing the garb of a priest. When the Supreme Court made their announcement, President Barack Obama spat upon the people of faith by washing the front of the White House in the colors of Gay Pride. June was a big month, and it was a bad month in the history of the United States of America. Perhaps more than any other month in the history of our country, June revealed the identity crisis that we are having in America and we have been having for a very long time. That identity crisis is born out of the confusion of people like you and me over what is moral and what is not. People like you and me are having that crisis because the lines have been blurred between what is right and what is wrong. Those lines have been blurred, have become blurred, because churches have become more concerned about style than substance. I lay everything <clears throat> that has gone on in the month of June at the feet of the churches in America, at the feet of the pastors in America. I lay them at my feet. <clears throat> the substance of the church is the person of Christ and the Word of God. Like Jesus, <clears throat> the Word of God has not changed with the blurring of morality in the world today. Jesus, the Bible says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God is the same yesterday, (coughs) today, and forever, then God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What has changed is me. What has changed is you. What has changed is the message being preached from pulpits. What has changed is the emphasis in churches. What has changed, as we have just covered in the series on Fix Up My Church, is that we are more interested in how we have church than in what is preached and what is taught and the stand that we should have and do have and should have in churches to that end i want to begin a series it's a four-week series on the subject of our identity crisis in america our identity crisis in the church our identity crisis <clears throat> in our lives We begin in the beginning in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then said God, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him, male and female. <clears throat> he created them. The creation of the female is further described in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Then the Lord formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. To begin <clears throat> at the beginning means that we, all of us, must have, or at least we should have, an appreciation for our distinctive creation. I realize <clears throat> that over the years there are things that have been created, I shouldn't say created, invented, for which people may or may not get the proper recognition. Um, There are certain originators and innovators of the products that we use in everyday life that have made a big impact on us. And we acquiesce to the knowledge, the creativity, the brilliance of those who created them. For instance, if Thomas Edison or Nikola Tesla were in the room today I doubt that any of us would claim to know more about electricity than either of them. If Henry Ford somehow stood before us, could any of us school him on the automobile or school him on a successful business model? I wouldn't try to tell Donald Trump about developing. Wouldn't do any good anyway, but I wouldn't try to tell him (coughs) about developing. I wouldn't tell Steve Jobs or Bill Gates about computers. We acquiesce to the creators. We acquiesce to the pioneers. We acquiesce to the true experts in any field. This is where the drifting away began in our world, is we drifted away from the Creator. We drifted away from being the creation. Darwin introduced a theory, not a scientifically proven fact, not a law, a scientific law, but a theory, and it began with the modern day, and with it began the modern day doubting of the validity or the originality of God in creation. However, the problem of failing to acknowledge God as the Creator did not begin with Charles Darwin. The failure to in recognizing God as the Creator began long before and is recorded in Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now that's a particular group of people that we're going to study about a little bit later on, but they didn't honor God. They didn't give thanks for him. To settle our identity crisis, we have to appreciate that we are the creation of God, that we are a distinct creation of God born from the heart of God. We are the initiation of God. The book of Genesis begins with these words, in the beginning. Now the reason that it starts with those words is because there was nothing as far as our frame of reference before the beginning except for God. In the beginning, God. When we know that and we believe that, every other belief of our life is influenced. When you believe that in the beginning God, when you come to understand and I come to understand that in the beginning God, that begins what is known as a biblical worldview. That is to say that all that we see in the world, we see in the light of or in light of the God who created us. And according to the book that He gave us or the book that tells us of His creation. So when we believe that we are created by God, when we believe that we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, that we have a Creator as our founding fathers acknowledged, when we believe in the creation of God, it affects everything else that we believe. Failing to start with God is failing to have a point of origin. Failing to have a point of origin is failing to have a point of reference, or at least a certain point of reference. Failing to have a point of origin is to believe that everything <clears throat> is evolving and still, everything has and is still evolving, including morality. Morality. When there is no point of origin, when there is no creator, when there is no one to whom we answer, everything is in a state of motion. It being in a state of motion, we know that there is no absolute place to fix our beginning. And since there is no absolute place to fix our beginning, everything is moving all the time. And so, quite honestly, we develop in our lives a worldview that is based on, it seems to me, Well, it seems to me. And so our worldview is based on that rather than in the beginning, God. On the day of the Supreme Court's decision regarding same sex marriage, President Obama said, Today our union became a little more perfect. I was sitting at the car dealership getting my car serviced when he said those words. Today, Our union became a little more perfect. If a man and woman are the initiation of God, we cannot believe that. We have to believe that we, though already flawed, became more imperfect as a nation on the day that our biblical view of marriage was discarded by five Supreme Court justices. It most definitely matters what you believe about creation. It most definitely matters what your children are taught in school about creation and evolution. Don't think for a moment that that doesn't matter. Don't think for a moment, well, that's just okay. It really doesn't matter because I'm here to tell you, when you buy into the fact, or you buy into the theory, I should say, that there is something that got you here beside a divine creator. You have set your uh, uh, belief system on an island that is floating in the sea and has no mooring. It has no place to hold. It has no place of origin. It matters because the beginning of all knowledge is founded on either the presence of an absolute God who created us or an evolutionary process that has no morality associated with it. So it matters what we believe. We are the initiation of God. God initiated me. God initiated you. Let me tell you this not only are we the initiation of God, we were created in the image of God. If we can believe what the Bible says about our creation, then we can learn more about the intention of our creation. There was an intention for our creation. Look again at verse 27 of our text. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, here's the first thing that we see in this verse. We were created to be compatible. It's important that we see that. We were created, you and I, to be compatible. God is spirit, so we know that our creation really was not so much about our physical appearance as it is our makeup or who we are as people. He made us to have fellowship with him. No other creation or creature was made to have fellowship with God, but God created us to have fellowship with him. Man was created with a compatibility with God so that we might have fellowship with God. He also made us in his creation so that we might have rule over the rest of creation. That was one of the purposes of God. We are stewards of God's creation. We rule. A creationist should have a much better worldview of caring for the earth in which we live <clears throat> and the creatures of the earth than an evolutional conservative uh, uh, conservationist an evolutional conservationist will have some idea of taking care of the earth but should not have a better idea than those who believe in the creation of god and here's why the creationist answers to the creator. The evolutionist answers to the bees and the trees. We who answer to our creator should have a higher purpose and a higher reason for caring for our earth and the things in it because God gave us that function. God gave us that duty. God gave us that purpose. So we see that we were created uniquely from <clears throat> any of the rest of God's creation. We were created in His image. I want to show you this. He also made us complete. God made us exactly who we were supposed to be. Male and female created He, them. There's nothing else. He made mankind in two varieties, male and female. That's it. You say, yeah, but I know about this person, and I know about that, and I, know I understand you, you know about them, but the question is this. Do you believe in the Creator? If you believe in the Creator and that we are God's creation, you have to believe in not only <clears throat> the purpose or the way that He created, but we have to believe in the completeness of His creation." If he is the creator, that settles the issue. We know that sin came in and interrupted the fellowship between God and man in the Garden of Eden. However, it did not change the nature of God's creation. Male and female created he then. If we believe that God is our creator, then we know that the idea of transgender is from another origin. It can't come from God because God told us how he created people. Male and female created he them. We are who God made us. Now I'm going to talk about the details of our creation next week and I'm going to speak to the fact that there are people certainly in our eyes that are created with certain flaws but the reality is God made us Who we are and regardless of what we do to our bodies we are who God made us to be God did not have to go back and change the records on Bruce Jenner because Bruce Jenner had a team of doctors to change the appearance of his body there was no DNA change there was no blood type change God had created Bruce Jenner a male, like he creates all people, either male or female. I'm not being mean to Bruce Jenner, I'm just telling you the fact. If <clears throat> Bruce Jenner has a creator, Bruce Jenner is still Bruce Jenner. You know, you can, I mean, look at me. I think my mother had a question about me, to tell you the truth. I've got a male first name and a female second name. Did you know that? Randall Gale. I was a pretty baby evidently. But I was a boy. And I'm still a boy. My DNA is boy. God is the creator and he knows who he created. By the way, he knows... How we're going to do along the way, and how closely uh, He watches out for us, and how closely does God watch out for us? You say, well, God made me and then He forgot me. No, that's an impossibility. The Bible says, Jesus said in Luke 12:7, why even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. Look, you have such Attention from God that He knows the very hair on your head. You can have a hair transplant and God will know how many were originally yours and how many came from Giuseppe the Barber down the street. Because God knows and has a personal interest in you. You say, Well, I can't believe that. How how can you believe anything there? If you can't believe that. If you discount that God knows you and God loves you and God cares for you, and that came to, and that God knows the very hairs on your head, according to the very words out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, if you say, "Well, that's just not true," how can you believe anything in here? When you know who made you, you know that <clears throat> who you are, and you also know this: that you are the inspiration of God. You are the inspiration of God. Do you remember this verse concerning the Word of God, 2 Timothy 3.16? All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. In the King James Version it says all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God in place of the words breathed out. That means that the words of the Bible are the very breath of God. It's a God-breathed book. When you read the Word of God, you are not only hearing from God, you're experiencing the very sweetness of the breath of God as you read his word. will You say, Pastor Ray, how then am I a, an inspiration of God? Well, Genesis 2-7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath. He inspired into him the breath of life, and man became a living creature. And by the way, let me say something to you. Look at this. What is it right here at the end of my finger? I mean, this is my nose, but in particular, what is this right here? What is that? That's my what? It's not a boogie. That's my what? Nostrils. That's my nostrils. I hope you girls are taking notes down there. That's my nostrils. The Bible says that he breathed into Adam's nostrils and Eve's nostrils the breath of life. Have you ever seen a blob floating in the ocean have nostrils? God made man a complete living man down to nostrils and said, That's where I'm going to inspire him. I'm going to breathe in his nostrils the breath of life. God did not give us resuscitation. He gave us suscitation, if there's such a word. He breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. So, you can know that you are a distinct creation you were designed by God. Everyone was designed by God. Even those that don't believe they were designed by God were designed by God. And again, because of the originality of the original sin, there are entered into the world all kinds of things, disease, deformity, and other issues. But when it comes to our Creator, He made us to be who we are and can redeem us from any flaw or sin that He brings or that brings uh, comes into our lives. Verse 27 of our text does state that God made male and female, but the detail of the creation of woman comes later in chapter 2. For her creation, there was a deliberate delay. God made man, then God made woman. And it was a deliberate delay in the making of woman. Genesis 2 and verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to all the birds and and the heavens, and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a a helper fit for him. So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh and shall be called woman because she is taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Well, there's a couple of things. First of all, there was the wait, a little bit of a delay. In making her, God had a a plan for man and for woman. Before the woman was to be created, Adam had to name every living thing. That's the way I read it. So there was a Mr. and Mrs. Giraffe they came by. Your Mr. and Mrs. Giraffe, Mr. and Mrs. Rabbit, Mr. and Mrs. Pigeon, Mr. and Mrs. Tiger. Mr. and Mrs. Moose. You remember Mr. Moose from Captain Kangaroo? I I actually knew him personally, Mr. Moose, Mr. and Mrs. Moose. You get the picture. I'm guessing that somewhere along the way, Adam thinks to himself, hmm, there's no Mrs. for me. Even the warthog had a Mrs. warthog but there's no missus for me. So Adam names, and he names, and he names, and he names until the names of everything created was named. Then God introduced something to Adam for which we can all be thankful. God introduced the idea of being tired and sleeping. And so Adam went to sleep. And then comes the way in which woman was created. God had an order in which he did things. He put Adam in the position of noticing the design of God and in all creation coming before him. And he had Adam to realize, I need somebody that I don't have. Now the perfect and profound creator of all things is about to add one more creation not evolution but a creation he had not made a mistake he had designed to wait and he said I'm going to wait and I'm going to give Adam the man an appreciation for the one that I will create for him his observation that it was not good for man to be alone was for our benefit not for his oops did I forget something No, God didn't say that. He already knew the creation that he had made and the masterpiece that was to come. He was about to make for Adam someone who would be perfect. She was the woman. And God made the woman. Boom! There it is right there. God made for Adam the first man The first woman. Adam did not go to Match.com. Adam did not go to Christian Mingle. Adam did not go to a bar. Adam, only thing Adam had to do was go to sleep. And there she was. He did not make another man for Adam. He did not make a man and a woman and say, choose or both. God, the perfect creator of all things, made the perfect creation for man. He made a woman. And the creator God had given to Adam and now to Eve a decisive identity. They were not intended to be anything or any uh, one other than who they were made. There was no, I believe I was supposed to have been a gorilla. God, I feel like I'm a, a gorilla in a man's body. I've seen a few that I thought were gorillas in men's bodies. No, God made them with a decisive identity. Adam had seen all of the creation, and when God made the very last being that he would make, it was another human being, and boy, howdy, was this human being different from anything that Adam had seen, to which he said, whoa, man! The next thing he said, how you doing? That's not recorded in Scripture, but when we get to heaven, look it up. I bet you it's there. And that was it. What about those people who just absolutely know that they are trapped in the wrong body? I just know in my heart that I'm not. I wasn't born right. I wasn't born to be what my body tells me I am. I just know that. If you believe in the absolutes of creation and the truth of God's Word, then you'll appreciate Jeremiah 19, 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Where does this come from? Where does this idea come from, this this ascribing to ourselves or to someone a gender that God did not create them to be, where did that come from? It comes from a society with no moral absolutes because they believe in evolving morality just as they believe in the evolution of man. Everything is on the move at all times, and there is nothing constant. So what was moral 20 years ago may not be so mor- the morality of today. What was immoral 30 years ago is perfectly mainstream today. I want to close by pointing out three things in the identity crisis that we're dealing with, and I'll pick up again next Sunday. Here's the first thing. We're made differently. We are made differently. Adam had been watching this parade of God's creation pass by. It was clearly a display of differences. There were some distinctions that were subtle and there were others that were very obvious. But he knew that the male and the female of every species was different. And he noticed it. And so he wakes up from his deep sleep and he sees this creation that had not been in the parade. He could tell that this new creature was supposed to go with him because there were some similarities, but there were some differences as well. And he begins to look and to speak in whatever language that God had given to them and he says, hey, we're the same but we're different I mean look at me and look at you we, I mean you can tell that we're the same creation but we're different in how we're created see now she maybe had not experienced that parade and she says what do you mean And then, as it has always been with guys, they began to brag. And there was a difference that was made. You know what they noticed? They noticed that they matched perfectly. Perfectly they matched. Ma'am, I don't want to frighten you. But I've been here a little longer than you, and I already know that that we're made differently. It's because when we travel, God knows that I'm going to need somebody that's willing to ask directions, because I won't. I know that we're different, ma'am. No, God made them for a higher purpose and differences for a higher purpose. He made them to match perfectly in purpose. He made them to match perfectly in procreation. He made them to match perfectly in partnership. They were made to light up each other's life, and so they did, and it was meant permanently. The only thing that interrupted this perfect creation, this perfect union, this man from dust and woman from bone was sin in the Garden of Eden. This is why the president was wrong when he said, today our union became a little more perfect. The rush to embrace the LGBT lifestyle is a run away from the design of God. There would be no identity crisis if we truly believed that we are the creation of God and submitted ourselves to be conformed to His image. The problem is not our Constitution. The problem is not the Supreme Court. The problem <clears throat> is not the President. The problem is not the Democrats. The problem is not the Republicans. The symptoms, the symptom is the LGBT community, but the problem is with what we have come to. To believe. We as a country, hopefully not you and certainly not me, but we as a country have come to accept evolution as the reality. I heard Geraldo Rivera the other day, who literally really is, and I, God bless him, but he's one of the most arrogant individuals to ever lived. And I heard him telling this, this thing about how I was exposed when I was much younger to various kinds of religions and various creation myths. <laughs> Boom! To the moon, Alice. I thought, how arrogant can you be? But the truth is, our world is Arrogant. That's what we believe in general in the world today. A young woman here who's a biology major, I wouldn't encourage you to do this, but if you believe what I have preached today and you stood up in your class and say, hey, I want to say something at the beginning of the class. All right, go right ahead. I believe that we are created by God, that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and God made male and female. God made us, you'd find out right away how different the world around you really is. Even back when I was in school, in college, in in 1969, I took a philosophy class. And my best friend in that philosophy class Opposed a point that the philosophy teacher was making, and he looked down and he said, Oh, Mr. Busby, you're not one of those, are you? David Busby said, Well, yes, I am. And I was sitting next to him and I said, I am too. And there are a few others. I'm here to tell you in today's higher education, they will fail you for being a creationist. They will give you an F for being a creationist. You say, well, then it's the problem of higher education. It's the problem of the president. It's the problem of the Democrat." No, 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 no. Look, the problem is here in this pulpit, this is where the problem lies. The church in America has become the great country club. It has become the place where we go to get our feel-good on. You said, but don't you believe and feel? Yes, that's why I said that what Nicolette sang earlier, I hope we'll incorporate. I felt good singing that song. That blessed my soul. But I'm here to tell you that we have have digressed in the church in America today and much of the church around the world to nothing more than style and what I like. We have digressed to that so that when the subtleties of the world have been coming along through the classroom and through other ways, we didn't recognize it because we were caught up in style over substance. We were caught up in the world instead of the Word. I'm here to tell you there is no identity crisis. For those who truly believe that God is their creator and they worship that creator God. In fact, here's what they believe and with this I close. Psalm 139.14, the psalmist said, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. It matters what you believe. Dirt, dust, and bone. If you believe in the simple, those two simple matters, dust and bone, it will affect how you see the rest of the world. And hopefully it will bring you to that place someday where you'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant.